Hey kids, you are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and this show is Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo. Today is Tuesday, July 18th, 2017 and we have a lot of show for you here today. It's midsummer and it's really hot out outside and we wanted to open one of the hot songs from our childhood. So here we are with the Psychedelic Shack. That's where it's at. Yeah, music so hot, you can't get over it. Music so low, you can't get under it. Psychedelic Shack by The Temptations in 1970 from their album by the same name. I remember coming home from the beach, riding, falling asleep, sand encrusted and just like totally tired and ice cream and meat drunk in my uncle's old VW 1968 bus oh my god so long ago but like I remember riding with my cousins and like 
sleeping and listening to my relatives, listening to WABC, music radio, where you would hear music of every single genre. These were the songs of my childhood. I was a child in the 60s. I was not a child of the 60s. There's a difference. And if you don't know it, you should go wiki that shit, yo. I mean, I was pretty much young all through the 1970s also. I consider that like my 60s, 70s, whatever. But I guess it's a really relatively similar thing. I mean, what are kids listening to today, the children of today, when they're riding home from the beach? If their parents are listening to the radio, which who knows, maybe they are. They're listening to Rihanna and Jay-Z and Queen Bey and Bruno Mars and Katy Perry and Adele. And I guess it's just, you know, the songs that you remember when you were a child are the ones that you love and stick with you your entire life. I think I'm going to play another summer song from when I was sunburned and sand encrusted and sleeping in the back of whatever vehicle was probably overstuffed driving on Bronx parkways and upstate and careening around. No, everybody drove safe. But we did have that little bobblehead. (laughs) Here's a song from what stereotypically Latin people used to always listen to, and sometimes we did.
That was Santana with I Hope You're Feeling Better from their Abraxas album in 1970. And I think I'm going to make it a trifecta of childhood songs here with this one from Marvin Gaye, What's Going On, from the album of the same name in 1970. And even though this song was recorded, oh my God, like 47 years ago, it still resonates today because people can ask the exact same question. Why are we asking the same questions about life and politics and New York City and unrest and people? Well, anyway, let the song take you there.
You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this show is Fish Out of Agua. We have a lot of fantastic show for you today. Um, we are going to, this is a, a person that I know from Latin theater, and she has just like broken out in a big way, and I'm so excited to bring her to you. But first, I want to intro her with a song that she handpicked from this episode, and it's from Bjork, and it's called Human Behavior. <laughs> Oh, 
And we're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. I love that I'm having my guest artists pick their intro and outro songs for each episode. It reminds me of songs I'd forgotten about, like this song from Bjork's debut album in 1993, released in June of that year, so it's a summer song. And now it is time for my favorite part of the show. I bet you can guess what that is. Hold it, hold it. Listen. Welcome to Fish Out of Agua's Guest Artist of the Week. I just love saying that every week. I don't know why. I don't have to repeat it because I'm prefacing it during the show. But I'm sitting here today with one of my most favorite people ever. And yes, I know everyone is my favorite. That's just because everybody is my favorite. This woman and I go back to the 20th century from doing performance art and Latin theater and comedy to what we're doing today. And... Rina Valentin! Yay, Rina! <laughs> How are you, Rina? Oh my goodness, it's so awesome to be down here with you, Michelle. Yeah, we are having fun. We're scaring the studio after I was in fashion land. And <laughs> <laughs> so, my God, like when I was asking you, like, how did we meet? Did we ever figure it out? Was it Linda Nieves Powell's play a date with my dead husband, Hector, or was it around that? It was around that time. It was back in the 20th century. I know so we worked you with her and a lot. I, we, we did work with her a lot, but you and I did stuff independently because you were also in Barrio Lesque. Uh, we did stuff at the New Eurekan Poets Cafe. You had your, your you know, uh, your hat uh, character. Carmen Mafungo. Carmen Mafungo. The one and only Latin lady with stuff on her head. Who had the most amazing headgear. Uh, it was just fascinating to see what she was going to wear. Um, and so I can't really recall if it was prior to working together on projects with Linda or just you and I running into each other in the performance art scene. Yeah, there were a lot of events going on at the Theater for the New City, at the New Yorican Poets Cafe. There was the, uh, La, La Teia. La Teia, And yeah. um, also, what, what, Charas, La Bojillo. There was stuff yes. going on there. There was stuff going on all over. Charas, El Bojillo was, um, now I think it's condos, but it was a school that was behind the Cristadora condo uh, by Thompson Square Park in the East Village. And the, I think the Chrysodora was famous because I think Iggy Pop lived there at one point. Yeah, you know, and, and interesting enough, we, the Loisada Festival was just celebrated this past weekend. Yes. And, and all of these venues you mentioned are pretty much in, in that same area or within that geographic uh, uh, designation. Uh, and um, that was kind of our, our theater world at the time. And, and it's interesting because I just found it to be a lot more active than what it is now. Is it? Uh, well, 
I'm not saying that it isn't active. I, I just feel our style of performance mm. was more active back then because I consider us performance art. Yes. Per th performance art style, avant-garde kind of like, That's you know. how we started out for mm -hmm. sure. And I remember hearing something on, I think it was New York One. They did a seg, I think it was New York One. I did, they did a segment about the Lower East Side Festival and I, I, was, I was like, I had it on periphery, you know, I was doing something else and I, thought I heard them say that they were trying to get back to the New Yorican roots of the community because they had been having um, like uh, attendance going down in the past couple of years. And I remember there was a, a large period of time from the, I'm going to say the late 1990s to like the mid 2000s where I was doing stuff with them like every single, like a couple of times a year. As were you. Right. Yeah, no, I, I was down with it. I mean, you know, of course, my situation becoming a mom shifted a lot of uh, things and, and limited my commitments because of time. Well, of course. Um, and, you know, uh, when it comes to theater, uh, while it looks easy and, it's in, and I would like to consider our performance flawless, it, it requires a lot of rehearsal. A and lot. That's a, lot. a really, really yeah. big time commitment that, as a mom right now, is a little challenging for me to... Uh, implement into my schedule, but uh, that's not to say that I don't still do it. it. I think that you have one of the most interesting trajectories in a career I have ever seen. Like, and I've seen, believe me, trust me, honey, I've seen a lot, but you, I've seen you be everything from a performance art spoken word poet, and now you've become a mom, and now you're like this media conglomerate. And what I, and I'm sure our Fish Out of Agua listeners really want to know is, how did you begin on this on this path? And like, just tell us about it. We want to know everything, starting from where you were born. You don't have to tell us the year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, because you know I'll deny it's all. Of course, of course, of course, as well you should. So I, uh, I'm born and raised in El Barrio, New York. Um, I, my family um, basically was in a, a radius of like uh, 118 and 119. And, and what I mean by that is like my family owned the grocery store on 118 between 3rd and 2nd. They owned a, a social club between 118, 3rd and 2nd. And so um, my grandmother lived in a brownstone that was a like six stories up and she lived on the sixth floor of course that was on third avenue and then we lived in the building next to hers around the corner 119 and then my aunts lived in the building next to her and then my other cousins and aunts lived around the corner so we were like all around each oh other oh my god you guys are like a little village yeah so uh, in el barrio so who was the first one to come from pr um, well, that would be my grandparents. So, and what town um, did they come from? Um, Santuice and San Jose. So wow. my mom's side is from Santuice and my dad's side was from San so Jose. So it's like the, both of both or a large number of both families like ended up in, on the same block? Well, El Barrio is... That's pretty, what it is. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it was predominantly Because my family Puerto was Rican. like that too, yes. Yeah, and yeah. so everybody knew each other. Um, I know my grandmother came over on the Marine Tiger um, my, my grandfather used to love to talk about that. My grandfather was German, though. Huh. Interesting <laughs> is that, but what's interesting is that he was German in Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. And so um, she came over on the Marine Tiger. He, always, he, 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 he used to always say to him when he would share the story of her floating over on the Marine Tiger. Floating yeah, over. Yeah, well, because he would float. She would float, and he would say, my pineapple. We were referred to. <laughs> La piña. Yeah, la mi piñita. Piña. O mi piñón. <laughs> 
So for those people that not, might not know what the marine tiger is, the marine tiger was a boat that basically was like the IRT Express. It went back and forth from Puerto Rico to, to New York, um, I guess shortly after World War II until the early 1960s. I mean, someone could correct me on, on the history, but I believe that it was uh, like about 15 years of going back and forth, back and forth with the primary um, exodus being in the 1950s. And some people, um, I know like my, like my dad's family says that they're Mayflower Puerto Rican because they came here in 1928. Right. Like some people would look askance at Marine Tiger. They would say like, oh, hey, after Marine Tiger. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? So she came here 15 years after you did, but you know, everybody has to have something to put somebody down with. That's unfortunate. That was it, and that's that, unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. And yeah. it's an unfortunate characteristic within our community yes. that I wish would come to a yes. halt yes. at some point. Yes. You know, yeah. I, I'm hopeful, yeah. I'm yeah. hopeful. But you also, you can make a joke out of it. But yeah, which, well, you know, I did. I actually, we have a skit that's gonna be okay. presented on my new show right. uh, called Crabs in a Barrel, but. <clears> Crabs in a Barrel. Yeah. Cangrejo. Getting back to grandma and marine tiger right. and, and, and German and German German grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, but the the interesting thing is that my mom's parents lived on 122nd Street and my dad's parents lived on 118th Street. So they were all within walking distance. So my whole lifespan of of growing up as a child was from like 118 to like 122nd because I was being, you know, tossed back and forth between grandparents on the weekends because, you know, back in the day, the parents wanted the weekends to yes, themselves. Yes, yes. You know? And um, you, did you always know you were going to be a performer? I think so. I mean, uh, uh, I had, um, hmm, I want to say at least 20 cousins. And within those cousins, there were a lot of us were in the same age bracket. And um, based on that, we would put on these family productions. And so we would have one categorized as a singer, others as a dancer, um, others that were just comedic. And you know, we would put on full-fledged productions and sing with like brushes in our hands, uh, mocking, uh, of course, a microphone. So um, if I had to say, if I knew if I was going to be a performer, um, it's something we did all the time. Uh, That's so as cool. As a family. That we, is so we, cool. We used to put on productions for our family. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like, let's put on a show. Yeah, no, and this has been every family gathering. We would huddle up. Wow. Whatever cousins were there, and we would go to the room, and then we would put a whole production together. Who was the main protagonist? Was it you even then? Well, um, I remember when I was young, I used to do imitations of Edith Chacon. Oh, my God. Edith Chacon. Mm, I, 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 and I guess <clears throat> I could see why there's a resemblance. You yeah, can't. Yeah. If you know who Edith Chacon is, you could figure it out. <laughs> My fundillo. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but then they would, uh, it, it, when it, it started getting salty, when they would make us do talent shows and then it became a competition. And then I had cousins that were really good singers and they would always end up winning. And it was, it was just, it became this competitive thing and that's when it got ugly. And then I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I didn't, I don't necessarily know if I knew then that I was going to be a performer, although I was pretty much in every production in school, throughout all my school years. Wow, so what high school did you go to? I went to Norman Thomas. You went to Norman Thomas. See, yeah. I don't know why I thought you went to the fame school all yeah, these years. I, I, I tried out she, for it. She acts like she went to fame. <laughs> <laughs> she acts like she's fame. But I was always in every talent show, wow. so, you know, I, I've been a performer all my what life. What about in college? No, I actually, I didn't finish college. Really? Yeah, can you believe that? Uh, For some reason, I thought you had a master's, too. I, I know, I should have a master's.
masters you, you, you have you have a life you have a life experience masters well hopefully somebody will uh will honor me with an honorarium but i might I'm as well sure have a will. masters because i did three years in a conservatory so wow. it's pretty much the same thing it's just so, um if anything i want to say i started in college and the academic aspect of it um wasn't really um i guess didn't hold my attention i needed to um be free mm. as a matter of speaking and um and so i shifted over to just exploring and i wanted to travel so i i took i went to a trade school and i studied travel and the world and wow. um and that I, was in the days where they had like actual travel agents that you would go to to set up the trips that that um civilian people couldn't set up themselves that's exactly what i became and you became a performer well, How i always no i always performed on the side okay. it's okay. I, I i but i didn't really catch the bug until i transferred to our la office wow yeah. so did you do like regular acting out there yeah i did yeah like uh, with the headshots and the trying to get the uh, agent yeah. and the showcases yeah. and yeah so here i uh went at that time i had attended strasbourg um, I did a little bit of the Strasbourg, uh, Strasbourg training, which um, was method. Wow. Um, I may not have been in the right class. I don't know. But for whatever reason, method wasn't my direction. And, um, and then I uh, studied at HB Studios. I've always, you know, I've always done like see, and that's, um, training. I've always been a training. And I'm always so training. Now, I, now I see huh. how you had such a strong foundation for your comedy because I've almost always seen you in a comedic light. You know, I, I kind of have like my family also is uh, speaks the language of sarcasm. So there's always <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and it, it's humorous. Like that's the. That's our style of communication. So if you didn't have a thick bone, you know, I don't know what to tell you because in my family, that's that was the language. So let me ask you this: When, what was the first performance that you would say that you did in New York City that like set you on the path to where you became now? Do you remember what that was? Me, what it was? It was when I first debuted the Karma Mafungo character at Surf Reality in in uh, some random day in the winter of 19 early winter of 1997 I liked it it is the one I liked it it oh I remember that I, I want to say oh and mind you I had done other performances prior to that but that one stuck with me and that one got a lot of play and, and it was a monologue it was yeah. a comedic monologue yeah, it was a comedic monologue but um but what I had wanted to say right um just going back to my my background in education because I would like to consider my style of, of development alternative because Mm -hmm. Be, uh, only because um, I want to make sure that people are encouraged to always study and be a student of life. Um, because while I didn't finish college, and maybe I will someday, maybe I won't, you know, I don't know. But I've always, always, always pursued uh, just learning something, uh, whether it's taking a course here or taking a course there. And so after I did HB Studios, I went back to, I, I moved, I relocated, I picked up all my stuff and relocated my entire life to California. And when I went out to California, of course, I did some more training, but I was auditioning. But I also happened to be living uh, with uh, my mom's um, high school buddy who played the mom on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 
Really? Yeah. Oh so, my God. I know. That was such a popular show. It was a Will popular Smith show. and yes. everything. Yes, Will Smith and everything. And so I was living with her when I first moved out there. I thought you were going to say you were living with Will Smith. No, oh man, that would have been life. <laughs> Sorry, Jada. I know. That would have been life. <laughs> but she wasn't with him then anyway. Um, okay, but, so yeah, not, yeah, not yeah, sorry, yeah, Jada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was over there when Tyra Banks was also uh, becoming known because she played his girlfriend in an episode. That's right. She's a basketball player. So, okay, so we're going to date ourselves. So this is the early uh, 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I would uh, be, I went out there to pursue acting, but my uh, career as an account manager for this corporate travel company also had a location in Beverly Hills. So I transferred lovely, you know, like my location was in Beverly Hills. I resided in West Hollywood. Um, I was accommodated in San Fernando Valley by, um, uh, her name is Renee Watson Johnson. And she was the woman who played his mom, not the one who played his aunt, the one who played his mom that would come in and visit from Philly. And she accommodated me for quite some time. And she also opened up doors for me she got me on the show and I was just an extra on the show but then I became a featured extra and slowly but surely I was making my way into the show and I got California was hit with a really big earthquake <sighs> uh, the one thing that's that saved every everybody was that it was first thing in the morning it was like really it was practically it was still dark outside but Again, what saved it was that it was Martin Luther King holiday, which meant that not too many people were out and about because uh, California or especially LA, it's an early state. Like everybody wakes up super early and runs super early. And But this particular day, it was a holiday which saved a lot of people. Wow. I'd, I'd like to say because um, there was a highway that collapsed. I had never experienced an earthquake ever before in my life. Um, so. I was forget about it. It, it. it was it was horrendous. It was it was like a wrath of God is what it felt like. It was like a wrath of God, and um, and so we had gone through that earthquake, and um, I had one of my friends who's I guess experienced them come, kind of get me through it, and then we were dealing with aftershocks every day, um, and uh, then we had another earthquake. And just so you know, the only difference between an aftershock and an earthquake is the amount of time it lasts. Um, but it can be just as high on the Richter scale. Wow. That is the difference between an earthquake and an aftershock. So we had aftershocks that were pretty just, high. So just as intense as the actual earthquake, only it just didn't last as long. Correct. So That's crazy. And this was on a regular basis. That's and so for like weeks, the, the, weeks? The, the ground was rumbling. And so if you were lying Honey, parallel. I, I, I would have been on the plane the next day. Listen, I would have been I, like, I get did, me out. I, I, know, I, didn't last, I didn't last very long. No. And I, I, I couldn't take it. So uh, I, 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 was, I couldn't deal with it. I'll I take my look it. with the ocean. Yeah, I, no. yep, so, and that's exactly what I did. I packed up my stuff and I relocated to Florida. because it was oh, Florida? Open, yeah, I know. <laughs> I went from hurricanes. I mean, I went from earthquakes to hurricanes. Are you going to tell me that Hurricane Andrew hit? I went there. right before Andrew. Unbelievable. Oh, no. No, I went, no, excuse me. I went right after Andrew. Oh, okay, okay, I went okay. right after Andrew. And it was just unbelievable. I'm, my acting career went, because there's really no, there's no, no, there's acting. no acting in Florida. Yeah, there's not, no, there's more, it's a model town. And I tried to pursue that a little bit, but I, I was living in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and, uh, and everything was really happening in Miami. But um, eventually that, kind of wore thin on me and I made my way back to New York 
after having moved back to California. I went back to California again. And then I came back to New York because my grandmother wasn't doing well. Stayed with her and um, because I was staying with her, uh, I started, I went back to school and, but this time I went to William Esper, at, which is just as, just like college, you know, except, yeah. except you know. Except I, without the degree. Right, exactly. But it's the, totally, totally the equivalent though. Pr pretty much. Uh, and I studied a, a specific technique, which is Meisner. Um, and I studied. So it's good. So yeah. you, 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 re, you reinvented yourself yet again. Yes. And then you did comedy. Yeah. Well, I always had comedy in my blood. Like, for some reason, I just, you know, it didn't matter what I was doing. Somehow, I, my delivery was always comical. Yeah, uh, people yeah, laugh at you. Yeah. And I mean that in only the, the best kind of way. I will say there was one time that I did this play um, called uh, Kinkoho. It was uh, the, um, I guess, uh, urban version or urban translation of uh, the Greek mythology Oedipus Rex. Mm. Um, and I was the messenger that came out and gave, uh, I, I had a monologue and I was giving the description of what was occurring. And, 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 and I never forget that it was like a real serious moment and I was crying and somebody laughed. And I said, wow, I can't even deliver something serious. That, you know, that happened to me in an audition. I was doing something that was supposed to be serious, and everybody started laughing, and I just, like, felt like an idiot. I, I, it just makes you feel bad, because you don't know. Well, you, it wasn't, the thing was is oh that God. my intention was by no means to make it, a, a, you know, lighten a, yeah. a light situation in my delivery, or definitely not uh, comical, comically, but... Um, Somehow I when came across that way. Regardless, you're, you were naturally humorous and funny, and that's that's where that's that's the arena that I know. We've made a lot of people laugh over the years. Yeah, we, we did have. we did this show with Linda Nieves Powell called Soul Latina for that's a few right, years, where right. we went around to different colleges and we made a lot a ton of people laugh. We did the Batty OLS shows at the New Yorican. We made a ton of people laugh, and then I when when Fish Out of Agua came out. I realized that you had reinvented yourself yet again. Are, are you like a Scorpio or like a Phoenix bird or something? I, well, it's, <laughs> I like that you say Phoenix because I, I do feel that I have been reborn as a Phoenix from a spiritual sense, uh, only because, you know, the, the Phoenix burns and then it rises. Yeah, because and then you were a, a media host yeah. at Bronx Open. I'm still a media yes, host. Yes, and you're still there, right. Yeah. But, I mean, this is like, you know, going going back like, like seven, eight, eight years ago. I, I've been on Open going on 11 years wow. now. Wow, so how, how did that start? And what's the channel again, so we can let people know? So Open airs on BronxNet's channel, uh, Cablevision 67 and Verizon 33. Um, it does live stream as well on BronxNet.org. I host the Open Friday uh, version of Open. Open has three different hosts. I am the arts, culture, entertainment, women empowerment, youth development uh, theme which is every Friday live at 10 a.m. And um, I've been doing it for 11 years now. Um, and it's an amazing show. I'm not saying it because I've been on it like five times. But <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually enjoy having the ability to uh, re-invite my, my friends and, and 
document everyone's development and yeah. that's what I um, I think that's what allowed well, me part to of commit this, to it. And part of this is like me reciprocating, you know, for all the kindness and you've shown me. I wanted you to be, you always are showcasing other people and I wanted to give you the opportunity to showcase yourself. I appreciate but, that. And now you're doing it again because you're doing something with MNN in, uh, in Spanish Harlem. Tell us a little bit about that. It's called Colors of Rena. Yeah, so, um, so it's, I really appreciate what you just said, Michelle, because um, in some form, in some aspect, I felt like um, there was a need for somebody to be a venue or a space for us to be documented, and I took on that responsibility because nobody else. No, is, nobody's. Nobody doing it. is telling our stories. No one is giving Latinos the place to 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 blossom and and show what they have. You know, like the, this BET, this Black Entertainment you know, television, but where's PRT right. or L or LET? But in English. But in, in English. English. And, and, that, English. and that's my, that, and that's yes. always been and, and, my stand. And, and, and I know Me Too is doing videos, and I know there were, I know that there, there were people, Remezcla, I know there were other people doing stuff, but there's not like one place. Yes. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, right. like own, you right. know. It's, yeah. So I figure, well, you know, we're crossing our fingers that I will be able to yeah. establish that in, in, on this journey because, um, I I basically I, I kind of surrendered to this commitment of having this uh, opportunity for all of us. Yeah, not just Puerto Rico. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, well, we had, yeah the, the Latino yeah, nation. All of us is artists because yeah. um, I artists of color. Yes, uh, because I I like saying and I like making it clear that I represent the urban community and I, I was raised in a mixed environment and while I am pro-Latina and I am pro-Puerto Rican, uh, I'm third generation, so I'm Americanized in a way that really my my first culture is urban culture. You right. Know, my, one of my closest friends is Chinese. The other one's Japanese. You know, my other one's African American. I have another Indian one. And but it's just really it's not even about their races. It's about that there's just um, there's just magic that New York has. This it, wonderful it, energy that we need to preserve and not dilute. First and foremost, I'm, I I will say. Uh, once I start, I was able to have uh, like influence in who was going to be seen on my show, you know, because that took some time. I, I wasn't exactly the one booking the show and so forth. And then after a while, the start of they started kind of giving me some uh, some influence in in deciding who's going to be on. You know, as I, I continued doing it, uh, people were coming directly to me, and then then. Uh, I say it to people all the time. It's like it's wonderful for me to have an artist on who's not a Grammy winner, and then they'll come back a year later and they're a Grammy winner, and they still that's come amazing. Back. It's like you're you're part. It's like you become part and parcel of like what they become, and it's just it's so gratifying to like it must be. I haven't ha experienced no, that is. yet. It to is. like to be like I've been doing it for years. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, and it's okay. If the, yeah, I, I I know I help them. I know that yeah. even though this is my read right because I'm predominantly a Bronx audience but we're online too so technically we're worldwide and there's, and, and there's people watching right and and also I've been doing it so long I have a consistency I have a following that is loyal to me yes um, because they've been watching me for so many years and I really really enjoy discovering so I I got that aspect of who I am but then um, once I became a mom in 2008 I was pregnant. Um, I gave birth to my beautiful 
darling gift charm Vida uh, July who's sitting on the couch giving her the side eye saying it's about time mommy <laughs> mentioned me <laughs> wait, wait wave to the radio charm <laughs> I'm keeping that in. It's a good one. It's a good one because she did. And she said, hi. Yeah. So, you know, that hi came with a wave in case you guys were wondering. Um, and so I knew at that moment, um, after having been on air already all those years prior to um, getting pregnant, I, um, I decided that television was going to be my platform um, because I... I I was brought into it like it was kind of handed to me uh, on a platter, you know, like I was discovered at the New York Poets Cafe by the executive director of Bronxnet Television who gave me this opportunity of a pilot show and I was there to shoot a pilot and then I ended up being part of the show and its growth throughout all these years and, you know, I, I said to him, this is it, I think um, I'm just going to make this my business and while I did not become a technician per se, meaning like dealing with the, the, the actual camera, editing, and all of that. I'm very knowledgeable of all of it, and obviously I know the language, having been around it so She knows years. lighting like Marlene Dietrich, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> you, you know what happened with you? It was like kind of like when preparation meets opportunity. Right. And that's just amazing that like doing the... You spoke with such passion before, and I think we want to hear a little bit of the passion from your performance, or like around the time that you got discovered at the New York Poets Cafe. Do you have a little piece? I, I want to say, I want to just recite this cute, sure. sweet little piece because um, I kind—I think it serves where we are right now in humanity, and, and it's actually an uh, untitled piece, and it's published in an anthology of uh, 52 Puerto Rican women writers called uh, Breaking Grounds. Mm, I think I've heard of it. And it's really short and sweet, but I think it will serve a really um, nice, profound message to anyone or for anyone who uh, is feeling the love of finding differences and similarities. And it goes, the world is a big place. Don't hate. Embrace the unity of diversity. Different cultures, different languages to learn, go to books, to educate. But it is your state of mind determining how far or low you go. Life has a lot of fork roads. Three is the magic number. Keeper of the door opens or shuts. Fill the well with knowledge people, places, and things influence who you become from young to old. We are all one with the same purpose, contributing, making a better place of existence, flowing with love. I wish you could have seen that passionate face that I'm seeing right now. Rena, in closing, um, I want to just have you shout out real quick where people can see and hear your fabulousness. Well, Colors of Rena, mm -hmm. which is the new show, which yes. we didn't really get to talk about, airing on um, Manhattan Neighborhood Networks, Thursdays, 9 p.m. And um, also you can follow me at Colors of Rena and or you can follow me on Rena Valentine. But my name is spelled R-H-I-N-A, kind of like the Rhine River, except it's with an A, Rena. 
Um, I am all over. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> I do Insta stories, Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a forever young uh, living. You a, are forever young. I, Maybe you all act our daughter's shoe sizes. Oh, I love Seven. that. Our daughter's shoe sizes. <laughs> well, my daughter's daughter. shoe sizes. I don't have a daughter. Well, my daughter's shoe size is four and a half. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just stick to my shoe size. Seven. Thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> Kiss on the air. And we're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. That song was called Opportunity, sung by Sia from the Annie soundtrack. It was also picked by Rena for this episode because it's a song that's close to her heart, and it's what she believes in, opportunity. 
Once again, Rena Valentine is very busy. Her show, Open, is every Friday at 10 a.m. on BronxNet, Cablevision Channel 67, or Verizon Channel 33, or live-streamed on BronxNet.org. And you can also catch on MNN, Manhattan Neighborhood Network, Colors of Rena, which airs bi-weekly every other Thursday on Spectrum, Channel 34, and 1995, and Fios on Channel 33. That's every other Thursday by weekly Colors of Rena, Rena Valentin's new variety show. And guess what, kids? That's our show. Woohoo! Well, if you like what you've heard today or any other day, why not consider sponsoring us? Yes, you can sponsor Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo or any other other of the fine shows on Radio Free Brooklyn quite easily. All you need to do is go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.com homepage, look for the Donate tab, pull it down, and follow the directions. It's that easy. And did you know that you can sponsor any of the shows, including Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo, for as little as $1 per episode? Think of all the entertainment you got for $1 today, okay? Like a dollar's worth of bazooka candy or candy from Economy Candy on Rivington Street, which is one of the few old school places that are left. Oh my God, as we speak, cup and saucer just closed. It was like a, I guess what you would call a greasy spoon diner on Canal and Eldridge, but it had been there for 70 years. Can you imagine? They paid rent for 70 years and all they did was buy equity into that building for someone else and then they got thrown out. I heard, and um, my, my memory could be faulty, the rent was about 8000 a month, and they basically doubled it, so they had to go. And such is the way with Manhattan these days, and I'm sure a lot of other places. Well, stay tuned for Brooklyn bands. Well, not just like well, but what, what can I do? There's nothing I can do today, Tuesday, July 17, 2017. I might come up with a solution next week. But as for now, we're just going to say um, stay tuned for Brooklyn Bandstand next. And we are going to leave you with another song that Rena picked for this episode. And it's a song that I also love. It's part of, I guess, both of our well-spent youth. (laughs) It was originally recorded by the R&B group The OJs, but it found fame with reggae band Third World in 1978 from their Journey to Adis album. Now that we found love, what are we gonna do with it? All right, I'm gonna stop singing, let them do it. See you next week, kids. Woohoo! Happy summer. Come on, baby, when the music's playing, I want to see.